Will the real Dr. Fauci please stand up? Please stand up. Please stand up. Vaccinate your mom. Vaccinate your dad. Vaccinate the happy. Vaccinate the sad. Vaccinate your babies. Vaccinate them. Even if they got rabies. Vaccinate my life. Vaccinate my wife. Vaccinate your DNA. Vaccine created by the CIA. Vaccinate your body. Vaccinate me at the party. Vaccination freak. Vaccination freak and leak. I'm James Polis. This is Zero Hour. Stein, otherwise known as Primetime Number 99. He's a comedian and host of Primetime with Alex Stein on Blaze TV. You can find him at your local city council meeting or playing golf with his allegedly yet, but maybe his dad, Tucker Carlson. Welcome, Alex. Welcome uh, to the show, James. I am glad that your uh, paternity is finally going to be settled once and for all. Well, you know, honestly, my biological stepfather, Tucker Carlson, has been a little distant lately, and I don't blame him. He's going through a lot of pressure right now, losing his job, and that's going to affect my life, our Christmases in the future, and, you know, future money that I could probably potentially get from him. Yeah, relatable. <laughs> I mean, the American family is uh, certainly not what it used to be, uh, perhaps a lot more uh, drunkenness and beatings uh, well, in, everybody- in the old days, but we got other problems now. Everybody tries to say, you know, Tucker Carlson is a white supremacist, but... He kind of acts like a deadbeat dad, and, uh... You know, I've known Tucker for a long time, <laughs> yeah. and he's never mentioned you once. I know, that's what I'm saying. He's a deadbeat dad, so... <sighs> he's sad. not a white supremacist, just a bad dad. Uh, let's talk about uh, the vaccine rap. Oh, gosh, um, yeah. You know, it's uh, it's coming back, I hear. Mm-hmm. I hear that, uh, that it's coming back. No one's taking the vax anymore, so they need to bump things up a little bit. Um, are you are you worried? Are you concerned about, about being persecuted for well, this, I, this I, content? I, I am not worried because I have, I'm five times boosted. No, but on a serious note, James, because I know this is kind of a serious show. Kind of. Um, When we talk about vaccines and we talk about COVID, and we can only say so much on YouTube, but a lot of people want to say that like COVID is new, but really we've had MERS, SARS, you know, we've had respiratory illnesses for a long time. But uh, I think it's pretty obvious that the beneficial gain that these pharmaceutical companies gain from COVID and now their stock prices are plummeting. So I think you would be dumb to not think that there wouldn't be some big push to vaccinate everybody again. So I don't know what's going to be the cause, but I think it's going to be probably similar to COVID. And I think there'll be pushes like that in the future, but I don't know if we'll comply the same. Do you think we will? I do not think that we will comply the same, uh, which is maybe why the the punishment is going to have to be ratcheted up again if if they do go through with this. I mean, I think it was, uh, you know. Uh, what do you mean punish it? Us punish the system? No. Oh, then punish us. Right. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, or, or maybe it'll be incentives. Maybe it'll be like, oh, the student loans, you know, yeah, or you have to repay them again, but oh, not if you, you know. Well, you talk about artificial intelligence boost up. in the blockchain and all this, but that's why they do want essential digital currency is so that they could turn it off. So that let's say, oh, you didn't get vaccinated, they could actually take away your money potentially. So yes. that's why they, they don't have that infrastructure in place, but they do it in different ways where like they'll, you know, you can lose your bank, your job, your house. 
Yeah. But in the future, it's going to be very bleak. Like if you really don't comply, it's going to be like idiocracy or something. You'll have an account that they'll just mandatory idiocy. I mean, here's what I'm worried about. Like, uh, you know, we, we've now seen the, the sad and, and really disgusting spectacle of someone being sent to prison for memes. Yeah. Uh, on the other side, you know, that that uh, that young lady who did the uh, hey, Trump tards like. I forgot what it was. Did she do a texting so too? He's saying yeah. act kind of nonsense. So for the people that don't know, that guy, tweet is still up, by the way. But a guy made a meme basically tweeting like, vote for Hillary, texted in, and he went to jail for that because they got him for election interference. In, election interference, yes. which is ridiculous. And then a woman basically did the same meme and didn't get in trouble. But you'd be very dumb to think there isn't a two-tier justice system that we live in. Well, you would. So, <laughs> what, so what, what I'm concerned about, and you know, not just for my own sake, but, but really for yours, is uh, will they criminalize trolling next? I mean, I don't know. It is in some countries, yes. Here in America, I don't know. I mean, there, there's a lot of countries, like in Japan right now, this is a lot of, this is, this is really inside baseball. There's a form of content on the internet called IRL streaming. It stands for in real life streaming and where people will just like live stream themselves, but they have backpacks. They have the gear to be able to stream themselves like eight, 24 hours, even go on forever. Very Japanese. Well, in, ja in Japan, it's a big deal, but there's been some American streamers going over there. And part of the stream is people give you TTS donations, Texas speech, and sometimes they'll say offensive stuff in the Texas speech. Yes. And then also they'll encourage you, here's 20 bucks, go not slap a girl on the butt, but that has been done, but you know, like go tease a girl, hit on a girl. And this happened where a guy got, was getting popular IRL streaming, and within like four months, they arrested him. He's in a Japanese prison. And Japan also doesn't mess with immigration. So my point is, in some countries, you know, I'm sure North Korea, you can't troll anybody. Probably not. It, uh, but is that going to happen in America? I would hope not. Only I, the supreme leader control in North Korea. He is allowed to, you know, selfie stick and call AOC a big booty Latina. But no, I mean, we do have freedom of speech somewhat. We don't have it on YouTube. We don't have it on, we're started, starting to get it back on Twitter. But uh, it, the only place where I can really say anything is like at a city council meeting because, and yeah. I do get shut down a lot, but I've sued and I'm, I've sued New York City and I had a settlement for $15,000. I was just in New York City again this weekend. They shut me down again in person. Councilman Gennaro, a guy that doesn't like me. So now I'm going to resue them. But then I have multiple lawsuits and there's other councils that know about these lawsuits where they'll just let me speak because they understand that's the first member right. This is like a great side gig. This is like the gig economy, a steady stream of you've just heard like of slip and falls. Yeah, yeah, you've heard of slip and falls. I just go and speak and get kicked out. 15K here, 20K there. Pretty soon you have FU money. I got Olive Garden money, unlimited breadsticks on Let's me. Let's go. Uh, seriously though, I mean, if you can't be American on the internet, can you be American at all? I mean, let's let's talk about this because you like AI. Don't you think the internet is the worst invention ever? I mean, I think the invention of it was created is that they said that there's military bases because the military and CIA had the internet before we did. And they needed to create the internet because they had like databases of information in one military base and they wanted to get to the other base instantly. And so that's theoretically the story of how... Yeah, you want to be able to survive a nuclear exchange, a regime sort exactly. of continuity. And you, you want to make sure that like ARPA can talk to Berkeley, can talk to the Lawrence Livermore lab. And yeah, that was that was the birth of it. So it's... And it's very good. That's very important. We need that. But what the internet has become is... I mean, it's hell. It's literally hell. Because I look back at my childhood and I think... I used to have to call my friends on the phone, like, hey, buddy, you know, and I'd speak to Mrs. Davis, because Walt there, you know, you had that, like, personal We're interact. eating dinner, young man. Exactly. I would call during yeah. dinner. And so, or you'd get invited to dinner. Oh, why don't you come for dinner? You know, I mean, it was, it was because you didn't have the internet, everybody wasn't mass posting what they were doing. We kind of, like, longed for personal interaction more than we do today, because a perfect example is, like, the dating world now. I'm sure dating's always been hard. There's always been romantic comedies about dating, this and that. But the divorce rate, the 
kids going trans, this and that. The dating world is more insane. On a dating app, you got all these different. You're not dating. Let's face it. Am I not dating? Well, no, I'm no, dating. people. I mean, it's, yeah, the, these apps are not designed to. I'm dating too much, and I'm not saying that to brag. I'm really having trouble with these women, but that's neither here nor there. My point is, for most of the other people that aren't pimps on blimps, and it is for hard for me, too, it's hard to date and meet somebody because we are so superficial because of the apps, because we instantly judge somebody based on how much money we think they make or their job or their career or, like, their height. You know, I think it's 90% yeah. of women on their, their, you know, you can put limits on your dating app. They won't even see profiles of people that are under six feet. It's a cliff, dude. I mean, just like when you when you sort of superimpose the 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 curves on the graph of like what men and women are willing to date like by their own standards, like oh, I, I did a six, I did a five. Like the women, it's just like flat line for anything under like a seven. It's really punishing. Yeah, it is hard for the women because, and then the women that will date the the scrub guys are all whores. And I don't mean that women are all whores. I'm just trying to say it's very hard to date. Like you can meet a girlfriend. There's always this is my perfect example. This is how you know it's it's not impossible to date here in Dallas on Harry Hines. I always see crackheads begging for money and they always have a girlfriend. I don't know. Do you ever notice that? They're like homeless couples. I don't know if you see that, but I see a lot of homeless couples. And I'm like, if that guy can They're find out there thriving. I mean, they, COVID, saying, they, COVID, they didn't lock down. <laughs> if got... a homeless person can find a girlfriend, why can't I find a girlfriend? But I think that's the case for a lot of people. Maybe you need to come down from the blimp and spend a little bit of time around the normal America. You know, and, and I, 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 I'm stuttering when I say that, but I have dated a lot of girls and, and I, um, this is another problem too with dating. And not that I'm like some cool person but i think this is a problem in the facebook era going back to the internet a lot of infidelity infidelity skyrocketed once facebook became popular because people were reconnecting with exes or high school yes. sweethearts like their creepy obsession from high school and then they felt compelled to like go down that and now they're hole. rich or whatever and they're poor and right. so it causes there's this weird whatever dichotomy of power that you so the internet caused that because we we're able to reconnect so that i think that you can extrapolate that to just now modern day where girls are on the internet. So they have options. Every guy's in their DMs, right? So if you have an Instagram and you, you have a hot girlfriend, there's gonna always gonna be guys. So it's just kind of weird. We have in this vapid society, we're just like digitally messaging our genitals to strangers. It's very bizarre. It is weird. And there's, I mean, you know, no one has asked me to, to post feet to the internet. I post feet all day long. There's gotta be. Oh there, shit, what? Look. <laughs> what you got going on there, man? My foot is so sweaty. Yeah. You know, I drank I drank half a monster. I, I'm probably not allowed to say brands. I drank an energy drink uh, immediately before this interview so that I, I would be full of life and, and chemical vitality. And it just makes you, you can feel the chemicals just like seeping out of your pores. Yeah, no, I love the chemicals though. I'm telling you, I'm, Clearly you've been, you've been pounding energy drink for that much sweat. My know? feet are sweating so bad. I don't know what, it's these shoes. Like this one's not as sweaty. I didn't put a napkin in it, but yeah, I have to put my, these. Is this an issue for dating as well? That's like, what I'm saying. I have stinky feet. Yeah. I have stinky feet. My feet are sweaty. I'm always sweating. I'm always hot. I'm always uncomfortable. I mean, life, and I'm, I've been losing weight, but still I need to lose more weight. It's difficult. And I'm the plant-based pimp, James. I don't know about you. It never ends. I don't eat ends. meat. I don't eat meat. You don't eat meat? No. Well, so. I don't want to lose this foot thing okay. because like the pressure on, on the ladies must be immense when you've just got, at what point does the spam of guys going like, I will pay you $100 right now. At what point does it become like, how can I resist? It's like making $15,000 off, uh, off city council seats. Yeah, and... I mean, everybody's always, even if you're in a good relationship, there's just also sick things psychologically where you're like, the grass is always greener, right? So even if your relationship is fine and somebody's like courting you secretly, you're kind of like, oh, maybe he looks like he's doing this, he's doing that. So you kind of long for you don't have, and then you yeah. get it. It's always like, be careful what you wish for. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's really, I mean, it, it is a sin machine, the internet. 
Basically. That's what I'm saying. It it's is like it's a portal to hell envy and, and sort of like whatever it is you want, baby. Like I will give it to you. Whatever it is that's going to make you feel addicted, that's going to make you feel like you can't resist it. Like whatever it is, like it finds your weak points and it just like drills right in there. And, and you're like, there are good applications for the internet. And I know you're really worried about artificial intelligence, and I am somewhat. I don't know if we talked about this on my show, but artificial intelligence can take a ton of jobs away, and it can do so much, but you know there is an uncanny valley where they can't make a human, right? They can't, like, make a fake human. Right. Like, they're trying to make a womb. Do you think they'll be able to make a womb? Uh, yeah. I mean, I think they're they're pretty much, like, most of the way there on the fake at womb? this point. On the, the external womb is what they're calling But how does that even work? I mean, we don't have to get into the woods of it, but does a baby have to come out of, a, like, a vagina, or can they incubate it and no, everything? No, yeah, it's totally they just sort of, like, you know, it's, it's like, it's like just test tube baby, but, but next level. That's pretty scary. Yeah, it is scary. That's freaky. But this, I guess, is my point, and I, we talk about this, and I should know this, because I talk about this all the time, but it's called, like, a blah, blah, blah test, you know, it has some name, where these telecommunication companies spend billions of dollars testing their call center technology to see if it can convince a human that they're talking to another human when right. in reality it's a robot. Yeah. And humans always figure it out. Like even the dumb humans when they do the test, like it takes it takes people different lengths of time, right? But overwhelmingly humans realize like because we have this weird pause or cadence, we can't recreate that exactly. And even with AI that like I've tried to use for stuff, you have to give it so much prompts, like to edit something with AI. It's almost easier to edit it myself. I've tried to use all kinds of AI. And there is some good AI editors too, honestly. Some stuff, it makes a clip. I'm like, whoa, it did that in two seconds. It would take me five hours. So. For the call centers, I think they'd really have to like somehow train the bots to just like really like frustrate and annoy people. That is how you know that you're dealing with like a human. In if a they're call like center. sarcastically is nice. You, they're, they're, well, they just like don't really understand what you're saying, like can't solve your problems and like the connection's not very good and they have like a the thick accent and that's how you know you're dealing with a human being yeah you're right i mean they probably could make the voice though and <laughs> i'm sure they can i'm sure they have that setting but uh like in that application it is i can see why a business wants that and then it saves them a lot of money but i still think there's always going to be like like a sex robot i'm sure they'll be able to have something close but they'll never be able to have well, this is like the uncanny valley problem because like mm -hmm. there's there's sex robot over here and there's like, a, I mean, you know, again, like your mileage may vary. I couldn't possibly speak from experience on this, but there must be some sort of like comfort in the fact that you know that this is like a blow up doll or whatever. You think, well, and I then like there's this. like a real human being, but in the middle, like you don't want to be interacting with something that's like too close to being a person but seems Still fake. fake like right like that's the kind of thing that like our our bodies and minds and souls are not built to process very well and I, and I think you nailed it our souls I think that does separate us and, and I mean I I know people watching this you can be atheist or whatever I mean I do believe in the creator but like we do have souls there is something because I even watch these videos of like you know and the morgue or something and they're like you know the brain and the body there's something that leaves the body when we die i don't know what i think I 21 it, grams right well that's, that's what i'm saying yeah. something leaves because i just watch it and i see this person like cutting a brain i'm like that's their epicenter like that brain is them but then i'm like no that brain's not them the heart's not them it is important to function but there's like a soul in there that is you it's weird because we're not our thumb you know like a thumb is not a soul uh, but how do i say this like you can lose a part without losing your the soul, whole. but right. our soul is everything. It's it's all of us. It's not just our heart or brain or soul. Like it's yeah. you know, 
there is some inner essence is my point, and I'm not say, saying it very eloquently. And, and I think that's kind of part of the reason why society is so sad is they try to hide that in young kids especially. And they really want to make you think that you evolved from this cosmic accident and that like two rocks smashed together and then like the sun hits a pond scum, then aobiogenesis, you know, two cells split and then there became d alligators and dinosaurs and then we formed into this and that everything is just an accident and that you have no meaning and that you're just a meaningless life I know whatever biological form that's decaying and therefore you should hate yourself and you should make yourself look as like ugly and deranged as you possibly can and then you should start making demands of other people in fact everyone else that you meet in your life you should yell at them you should uncontrollably cry you should like deform your body with technology like this is this is the teaching right well misery loves company so yeah you'd have to make the most miserable people make other people miserable and uh so that's like the the i mean can you imagine that kids this day and age and i don't want to harp on it because it's so stupid it's like trans i'm not even anti-trans if you're an adult you want to be transgender go ahead i mean what am i I'm, I'm i'm a libertarian in that sense i don't think you should be dancing in front of little kids but whatever my point is they are literally approving kids to get mastectomies and gender reassignment surgery and non-reversible hormones yet none of these kids can get a tattoo none of these kids can smoke a cigarette none of these kids can make any other personal choices like driving a car because they feel that way or because they want to but on this one we're encouraging it and then on top of that it's state-sponsored in a lot of states yeah only regime approved transgressions for you young man <laughs> I mean, that's the, the weird society. So I don't even know how a kid grows up. So I uh, back. And to then the lawsuits. I mean, these lawsuits are coming, you know, where where people who are just totally wrecked by that whole process when they were 12 or whatever, then do you think they, they'll sue? I saw Dr. they are starting like eight years later, like these lawsuits are starting to come. Well, Dr. Drew said, and like I said, we're on YouTube. I don't know how we censor this, but some popular medical journal came out and talked about <clears throat> myocarditis in young people and how it caused permanent damage and i'm not going to say what from but i think you, you would know and he thinks that a lot of universities and university students will end up suing colleges he just said this on a podcast he urged people to sue he's yeah, like don't I'm, be afraid to just like call down the thunder on these universities and i've sued but i'm trying to do I'm, i have a lawsuit against a hospital and it's very difficult it's very challenging so no I, going after big health big pharma <laughs> that's a good way to bankrupt yourself i know and then they can get you back for legal fees uh, you know on certain stuff it's 100%. really it's really bad trying to sue them civilly they are very protected and so i think these schools are probably going to be protected in that's a sad thing because they were forced to do it, mandated to do stuff. So if you mandate something, you should have to pay some sort of, you know, responsibility if it goes bad. But of course, none of these companies have any liability for any damage done. So, well, this is like one of the deranged things to me about this moment is, you know, you mentioned uh, big pharma sort of cashing in on on COVID. Mm -hmm. uh, you think about, you know, like uh, like like how people who would otherwise really never have a shot at, at getting rich. Uh, you throw up a lawsuit, maybe maybe it works. Maybe maybe, uh, maybe Jerry's like, here's eight hundred billion dollars, or there's a hundred thousand lawyers that can't get a job because too many of them went to law school and there's none of jobs. That's why there's so right. Many bad so there's, there's this so. weirdness where we have all these people who are sort of trained to be, I don't know, successful, upwardly mobile members of society, but then you look at how the economy is structured and it's like, how are you supposed to get rich? How are you supposed to channel your ambition into something that's actually fruitful? I mean, they even crypto, they sort of killed that. Yeah, like if crypto, you're like a young yeah. guy and you want to like be successful in life and like build something for yourself and support a family and like have a mortgage or buy a car or whatever, like how are you supposed to get there? Well, that's done on purpose. I mean, the 
middle class is gone here in America. People can't afford a house. I mean, I don't know. I have some friends, you know, that have houses, but I'm not that young. And it's just, they've made it where you basically had to be a debt slave. You're either in debt from your college debt or you're working a job and you're probably living like, you know, out of your means, not because you're living some crazy life, but because your means are so small. So, and then when you go and get, get a job at a corporation, everything's so woke and DEI and ESG, it's almost miserable working in an environment that's woke like that. So I don't know how people find personal joy and, and financial success at the same time. The only thing I would encourage people to do, and this is the cliche, but like find something you love that you're passionate about and try to turn that into a monetary, you know, gain in your life. You're leading by example. I know, you do I, love what you do, right? I love wearing a You're not friendly, like dying inside. No, I love wearing tuck-friendly bathing suits at city council meetings. Yeah. Well, I but, am dying inside. We're all dying inside. We are. We are. Very, we are. One I, step at a time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do, do you feel that you are making a difference in this world? You know, that's a good question, James. There's a lot of people come up to me and I, I'm very blessed. I'm speaking at Penn State. On Monday, I spoke at Berkeley this year. I'm speaking at Ohio State. These are like esteemed colleges. These are these are good paying gigs. Real, too. Yeah, they're paying, they pay. You they're know, not free nine and nine. Speakers fees. Um, my point is, I'm like, you know, I'm an idiot. You know, why why do these college kids at these nice schools want to have me on? And then I think, you know, maybe I'm making a difference. And then a lot of people come up to me and they're like, they'll come up to me and I'll meet you. Thank you for what you do. You're exposing this. And I'm not making fun of anybody that does it. I'm so appreciative of it. My stupid fans. What an idiot. No, no, no. But this is what I'm saying is, <laughs> this is my point. I'm not trying to be insensitive to all that support. I of love course. it. Thank you. Please always come up and say something to me. But when I first started podcasting, I was talking a lot about COVID. I was I had this called the Conspiracy Castle. And I was trying to like wake people up. And I was talking about operation this and this is exposed and this and that and i did wake some people up i remember i had friends i went to high school was like started watching your podcast i looked that up oh that's wow you know people that was like friendly ish with you know that, suddenly you had friends from high school well <laughs> yeah i actually had a couple but my point is it's it's so hard no amount of evidence can convince an idiot and after COVID, I thought, because I started my podcast right at the beginning of COVID, i thought like oh after a year like people would wake up and people would realize and people just in my impression got dumber. I think people are getting like less in tune what's happening in the world. I know that sounds weird. I mean, you know, there's this like cultural revolution of conspiracies and that. So a lot more people are awake, but there's also people that have like doubled down and like believe the government more. So I don't think, am I making somewhat of a difference? Am I making an impact? Yeah. But on the overall thing, I can't do it. It's, I mean, I'm not going to make even a dent in society because we're so brainwashed. So Sadly, I'm going to keep trying, but if I really looking the man in the mirror, and I'm so appreciative of all the people that say it, I've done all this stuff. I've had millions of hits, tens of millions of hits, probably a billion hits, really. Um, and I have seen some change, but even people that I love and care about have seen me be successful, and they still don't agree with me. So we're never going to all agree, and we're never no. all going to wake and up. And sometimes it takes time. You know, it might be it might be 15 years of trolling city council meetings, and then like one of them hits, and there's a concatenation of events, and suddenly. You make a difference well, on a massive be, scale. To be, on, to be honest now, and I'm not tooting myself or patting myself on the back, but the vaccine rap, the reason why that did so well is because it went so viral because all these right-wing people were like, look at this idiot, love this, like, look at this loser, loves the vaccine. Like, they oh, thought it was real. They thought it was real. Yes. And then the people on the left were like, do I look like this? And that caught, that started a conversation and kind of a cringe thing where, yeah, maybe it made a difference. Maybe people are like, maybe it is cringe for me to just always talk about the vaccine and how I got vaccinated. So in that sense, like maybe in the zeitgeist of collective consciousness, I can make a little bit of a difference, but like, can I defeat the system? Can I defeat the deep state? Can I stop artificial intelligence from taking over? Can I fix the school system? Can I fix the fentanyl? 
fentanyl and drug problems? Um, can I fix the immigration? I mean, no, no president, per- no, nobody can. No one person can fix all that. So well, I can, I can affect the system, yeah. but I can't really make it that much better. But it's also like good to to realize that and to not and to not like go into a despair spiral because like you can't change the world. You know, we've yeah. been so indoctrinated for so many generations. Like follow your dreams. If you can dream it, you can do it. Like obey your passions, like change the world. If, if just one, you know, like all of these sort of mantras. And I think that has led to like wokeness and like insanity and like a desire for you. Like, you know, things are so profoundly wrong with the world that really exists. Like once that sort of illusion parted, you know, people are taking like radical action against their genitalia, like radical, like, you know, America sucks. Like we should destroy, like American flag gone, like rainbow flag in, like massive transformative changes that people are seeking because like that, those, all those like sort of warm, fuzzy, inspiring lies turn out to be so hollow. Yeah, I know. It's kind of, I always think about this and as a kid, there was sharing is caring, sharing is caring. They were getting us ready for communism. I mean, I say that as a joke, but there's a lot of stuff in school that they kind of, totally. they got it in brainwashers. And that's why there's people that have like the walk away movement. I'm not mashing that. I'm just saying there's a lot of different kind of movements like Lexit. I'm just trying to Blexit, you know, people like leaving wokeness and going right. But I think that's far too common because the status quo is that you should be liberal. Like if you're not kind of leftist, you're you're anti-black or you're anti-Mexican or you're anti-this. So it's like they teach young kids like this is how you should be from birth instead of like critically thinking about, you know, the world because it's too complicated to explain to a child. So it's like sharing is caring, you know, you know, evolution, this and that. I mean, they just brainwash us into thinking of this agenda. And so that's why I've, I'm empathetic to all these people that I'm happy that they kind of changed their feelings because I did that. I was there was a point where I was like, "Oh, this is so cool, Barack Obama, black president. This is badass." I mean, why would I not like that? I like black people. I'm, you know, I mean, I love I like presidents. Yes, I'm saying. Like, I mean, but then you go back and you find out Barack Obama is a freak, writing like gay love letters to his ex girlfriends, and you know, yeah. Lord knows what with that. Yeah. I'm just trailblazing, saying. really, because that's like half the internet. Well, and I didn't even know anything about Hillary Clinton. Not, not that I liked Hillary Clinton, but I, before I knew anything about Hillary Clinton, I thought she was like an esteemed woman. I'm like, oh, she, before I knew about Bill Clinton, I remember I grew up and knew about Monica Lewinsky, but until I knew about like the Epstein Island and all the stuff and all the, the Hillary Clinton kill list and all that, like I, you would just think if you weren't really dialed in, you just think these politicians like, oh, there are good people like Hillary's good and Obama's good and, and like. They're for women's rights. They're for blacks. So you think, oh, well, that's that's good, right? Yeah. How could they be corrupt inside? They yeah. They so want to help. They want to help black people. How could they be yeah, bad? They're yeah. saying these nice words. I mean, I think like what you mentioned with, um, you know, why do they? Why is it so important for them to sort of go after the kids or whatever? And it's because children beyond a certain point can't really like parse information Mm -hmm. and if you kind of fire hose them with like uh really intense messaging it's gonna soak in and so now we have the internet which is this kind of fire hose in everyone's face all the time even if they're not kids anymore and it is overwhelming and i think it does sort of like break down your defenses and makes it difficult for you to sort of like you know, you've got so much flying at you, so many pieces of fruit, you can only like ninja chop like so many of them before they just start pelting you in the face. And then, like it is exhausting and it does condition people to just sort of like, I don't know, just tell me like what the answer is. I give up. Well, that kind of happened to me with conspiracies. I'm, I'm a deep yeah. conspiracy theorist, but like that, then I started overwhelming with this fake stuff and some stuff sticks, some stuff doesn't. But these kids, yeah, they're just like 
trauma-based mind controlling them, just like giving them so much information. Yeah, I'm sure a lot of it, they deflect, but some of it lands. And that's how it was with the conspiracies. I'm like sharing this, looking at this. And I was getting so many thrown at me. I'm just like, I, I like don't even want to talk about conspiracies almost anymore because I'm so sick of it because there's so much misinformation. There's so much real stuff. It's almost hard to decipher. It is hard to decipher. And now it's spreading into like geopolitics. Like mm-hmm. this is now like a new way of war. I mean, well, just look at- trying to keep up with like Israel, Hamas. And they're using video game footage, this and totally. that, to show both sides. So you're like, what? And then and then you just saw that viral video, I'm sure, where they were showing like an AI editor suite where it made it look like a car was burning in Gaza. And it was yeah, just like, Unreal Engine. You can yeah, just like create Engine. your own, you know, and, and it's really hard to tell the difference, even if you're sort of like, I mean, I'm not sort of a forensic anything, but, you know, I'm keeping track of the feeds and like monitoring mm-hmm. the situations. And it's just, it's almost impossible not to get yeah. kind of hoaxed if yeah, you even with are that, following the news. Even that Unreal Engine stuff, like that they could even put like a filter on it made it look a little crappier like it's from a cell phone or something you know i mean you they can make it look real indistinguishable so they're going to use a lot of propaganda both sides i mean the war in ukraine um russia i'm sure uses propaganda on there i mean you know new york times has just been totally spun around on this stuff and they're trying to like keep up with events and like putting out these headlines be like no the headlines they have to they try to like rewrite the headline and it's just i mean it's sort of like an easy way to sort of laugh at, at the mainstream media for making a fool of themselves. But there are like larger ramifications here. And it's sort of like today it's the times that's being made to look like an ass. And like maybe tomorrow it's like you, you know, like. Well, what, what, what's so interesting to me is I think it's like Mehdi Hassan. I can't think of his name, but there's three Middle Eastern MSNBC hosts. Yeah. They got, you know, kind of de-anchored temporarily yeah. and not fired necessarily, but they're just slots where they move their slots. For being empathetic to the Palestinians, and I'm really, I mean, I, I don't want the Palestinians to die. I don't want, you know, Israelis to die. I'm just saying they made their statements, and I guess it sounded like they were empathetic to Hamas and they lost their jobs, but you knew that these people would be empathetic to Hamas. I mean, you knew, Mehdi. I mean, you would think that you would know these guys are probably Muslim. or it's, so it's just In that, fact, wasn't that kind of why they were hired to a degree in the That's what I'm place, saying. Right? That's yeah. the whole reason they were hired is because they were Middle Eastern, because they checked a box. The same reason Kamala Harris got hired to be the vice president. So my point is, it's like, they want these people. Then when it doesn't benefit them, they can just easily say, oh, well, you're suspended. You're suspended. You're suspended. So they have no integrity. I mean, no integrity whatsoever. It's totally inconsistent. It's total chaos. You look at the, the universities and universities, you have people who are like, yes, the, the paragliders are good. Yeah. Like, massacre. What kill, about queers for Palestine? Go in. Right. Like, and these people are not getting fired. Yeah. They're not even being suspended. Well, I did see one woman lost her job, but she said something really bad. She said something about a painter from Austria, you know. Uh, yes, there's still, Hitler is still a red line. Yeah. You can't, you can't cross the Hitler line mm-hmm. and keep your job. Um, and then there's like a second order layer of weirdness, which is you have like Les Wexner of like Victoria's yeah. Secret, Jeffrey Epstein fan, being like, this has gone too far. I'm pulling my money out of Harvard because like they're soft on Hamas or whatever. I mean, just the layers of insanity are really starting to stack up. And at a certain point you're like, is following this narrative not worth the trouble? Is this knowledge not worth knowing? Are people gonna just walk away from the internet? No, but uh, ignorance is bliss. Ignorance is bliss. Cause I talked to like, I was in the car business and uh, a guy- Used car? 
the used car business, yeah. that wholesale business. You know, I'm pimp on a blimp used car salesman. But my point is, one of the guys that works on the car a lot, and I like try to talk to him sometimes about geopolitics. He's just like an older black man, and he has no idea what's going on. And He's so like, I'm, you mean Geometro? Yeah, like, I'm just saying, like, like, all he cares about is like, if the car's got oil, like in six, and I'm like, sometimes I'm like, and his name's Fro, and he's a great guy. And I'm like, nice. gosh, I'm just kind of jealous that you don't even care. You don't even know. You have no idea. He has no idea who Speaker McCarthy is. You know, he has no idea who uh, Byron Donald is. You know what I'm saying? Most people, I, and, 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 and this is not just him, but I, I think if you went out, and I probably should do this, it'd be simple, like on Man on the Street, who is a vice president, I would say most people don't even know it's Kamala Harris. Like they probably know of Kamala yeah. Harris, but they probably wouldn't even be able to connect the dots. Well, you've seen those like viral videos that like TikTokers and people will do, where they just like ask Americans extremely easy questions, simple questions. Yeah. They hold up a like a like a map of the United States, or like what is this? They'll have a clock, you know, like right. a, you know, like what time is it? Or they'll have like the upside down United States. People go, I don't know, like what is that? <laughs> I mean, it's it is funny, but it's also just like it doesn't feel like this is rock bottom yet. Well, and then Mark Dice has a great video where he does it multiple times. He's like, do you want a Snickers bar? Like a one ounce of silver. And like people like take the Snickers bar, he'll have like a twenty dollars or one ounce of gold. He just posted on Twitter, and people were taking this. They're like, oh, "I'll take the twenty. Like I need the cash." You can't buy a Snickers with silver. Yeah, exactly right. Please, yeah, but it isn't rock bottom. I mean, how dumb are we gonna get? We're gonna get really dumb. It's it's just like I said it earlier. You saw the movie Idiocracy, right? Yeah. It's gonna be like that. It's gonna be um, Brave New World, where people like the content that we watch is. I think it was called the Talkies in that movie, where it was just like porn with explosions, and you know, it's like gonna be like ten second stuff. And how I know that's true is because I can't watch an hour long stuff. I mean, I'm I'm in that zone right now, sadly. I mean, I yeah. do watch longer form stuff because I'm uh, watch a lot of stuff, but that's kind of part of my job. But my point is, I do like the short hits and the Instagram slides and the reels. It's kind of nice watching content in those short segments. Those are my most successful videos. Are the ones that are under three minutes. So I think it's only going to get shorter. It's only going to get more like Vine or seven seconds. It'll be somewhere in between Vine and you know two minutes where it'll just be like constant. I think it's going to be like that movie Brave New World because everybody's already on antidepressants. So they're going to find the one that works, yeah. right? And in 10 years, everybody's going to be like, you know how they say Xanax works, but there'll be something like Xanax mixed with uh, uh, Prozac that you take that you feel less depressed and you get a little buzz and everybody's going to take it and everybody's going to be happy, fake happy. And if they ever get off the pills, they'll probably withdraw and have a lot of issues. But yeah, I do think we're all going to be medicated. I think we'll be watching like porn, like openly, like it'll tits and stuff will be okay. And it'll probably be in short form content. And the pods, I think you have it in your intro, like no doubt in my mind, if they can make it, and they probably don't have to make it that much indistinguishable, but they say if they can make artificial intelligence where it has, you know, you've seen the movie Vanilla Sky where you can plug into a machine yeah, dude, and you can live your life as a starting quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys or be Donald Trump or be you know, Barack Obama or whatever you, whatever fantasy you want to live out. And they'll say, oh, well, biologically you live 72 years on average on earth, but in the pod, you're going to live for a thousand years. So people will be like, what? It'll feel like I live there for a thousand years. And they're already talking about this technology for prisoners where a prisoner can wear a virtual headset and it'll feel like they did 10 years in prison. But it'd only be like two hours. That's like DMT. It's like the, the, the six-minute trip. Yeah, it feels like you spend a lifetime. DMT's when... fun. This is not going to be fun, what they do with the punishment. Like, I bet it'll make it... I'm guessing it'll like be just scaring you the whole time. It'll be like you're stuck in hell or something. Yeah, I don't know, dude. I've read some of those DMT like trip reports, and you know, the guys are like, yeah, I made it up to like the 30th level. There are all these patterns where they're discovering these like malevolent... Have you ever done DMT? Like, no. Oh, I've not, done it one time. I did it at a hemp farm. I did it one time. It was really... You went to the hemp farm to do DMT. I was in Colorado. I was in, uh, I think it was Littleton. Oh, no, not Littleton. I can't remember this. It was a smaller town, but it was like, 
outside of Denver. And uh, it was so intense, right? They're like, we're at this like hemp farm and it was my friend's brother's hemp farm that owned it. And they're like, like the shamans here, I didn't even know what's going on. I was just, I was with my friend and we were visiting his, his like his brother had this big hemp farm. He's like, you know, well-to-do guy for a hemp farmer. We're like in his house. He's like, oh, the shaman's coming over. I don't know if you guys want to partake. I'm like, partake in what? He's like, DMT. And I'm kind of like, all right. And he's kind of like, all right. So we freaking get, this is what happens. And everybody, there's like seven of us there. And everybody's like in the room. We're in this pretty nice house. We're in the living room. Like the shaman starts praying. And then like my buddy's sister is there too. And she's like, last time I did this, I cried. Like, this is so emotional. And everybody's like being so high key, like praying, this and that. I'm like, what the? are we about to do you know i mean i just uh, i've done some drugs i've never done a drug like this you're like slowly eating a bag of cheetos like i was waiting. i mean I, I don't drink but i was drinking water like i remember i was kind of like nervous they're making yeah. it seem like i was like shaking not shaking but i was kind of like oh shit maybe i shouldn't do this like what is gonna happen because i've done mushrooms before uh so like i've taken hallucinogenics but not like that much and i'd been sober for a long time at the time i wasn't i was totally sober i'd been sober my friend had passed away of a drug overdose a guy by the name of clark gable he was a host of this tv show called cheaters that i worked on where he catch people cheating on their husbands and wives long story short so like i was kind of like in this weird emotional state right and this had been like i think it was like a year after he died but i've been totally Perfect sober. for intense uncontrollable hallucinations exactly right so i had been totally sober i hit it and it was so crazy. They had like, it's like almost like a little spindle thing. It was very weird. It was all ceremonial. The guy had like crystals on the table and all this stuff. It was insane. They're like holding it for me. As soon as I did it though, I remember it's called blasting off. My eyes were wide open, but all I could see were pink and blue. It was so, it was cool. It was fun. I'm not saying to do it. Don't do DMT. But it was very fun because I'd never done that where my eyes were open. I knew I was in the living room. Like I didn't think I was actually there, what I was seeing, but I was seeing something totally different. It was like pink and blue and checkered. And so when people talk about like seeing aliens or you should like go to different levels, like it's crazy because you do the drug and your eyes are literally open and your eyes are looking that way, but you're seeing something else. Whatever signal is going to your brain is not what your eyes are looking at. And it's crazy that we can do that. And for me, it was pretty, it was, it wasn't like that emotional or anything. You know, I just did it and was like, this is really cool. It's a roller coaster for the mind. It was a roller coaster. It lasted like two or three minutes. And then, um, my friend did it the first time he did it. Like we were together. That was the first time he did it too, but he like hit it and he didn't hit it hard enough. So he's like, Oh, I didn't, because after I did, I was like, I'm done. I'm done. I was like, yeah, this is good. I'm, <laughs> Once is enough. I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm out of here. And then, but my buddy was like, I didn't, did, did, is that crazy? I was like, dude, did you see me? I was like tripping out. And uh, he was like, oh, I need to do it. And then he did it. And he was like, he had the same experience. Well, he saw something kind of different, but he was like, that was really. So when they say it's eye-opening, really, you're just hallucinating. You're seeing something different, but it's kind of opening. It, it makes you, it tricks your brain to be like, what the fuck? My eyes are open, but I was seeing something different. Yeah. So that's why you, they probably say, oh, I'm in an alien zone. I'm teleporting somewhere else because my eyes were literally open looking at something. I was not seeing the living room that was there. I was seeing something else. It was bizarre. You a believer in demons? Yeah, you know, I I, uh, I do believe in like a heaven and hell. I do believe in a creator, and I and they talk about the Bible how there is the thirty three. So the Illuminati loves the number thirty three because the thirty of the angels were casted out of heaven by God, and supposedly they like I kind of like the conspiracy that the angels kind of there's supposedly giants here, and like before the flood, the angels and giants made it, and that's kind of what we the are Nephilim. the Nephilim, yes. and and we're like the offspring of that. But um, I think you would. I think you'd have to admit, and he, this glass guy, you know, I heard him, the, the interview earlier, one of your interviews earlier, the, the UFO guy I was watching, and he's talking about UFOs, but 
I don't necessarily think it's like a UFO coming from Mars. I think there's probably some sort of demonic spirits or demons that do probably get trapped here on Earth. Like yeah. maybe, I don't know. I mean, is it a ghost? I don't know. But I do think there's like weird, and I'm all about vibrational energy. There is some weird low vibrational energy in this world. Oh, for sure. I mean, I think, I think it was Tesla who was like, if you want to understand the secrets of the universe, like look to frequency and vibration. And, you know, these are energies. And to me, like, if you're one of these like psychonaut people who's like, no, 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 like psychedelics are going to heal you, man. Like, it's gonna be awesome. And they're I'm not like, going to well, heal you. They're maybe, you know, maybe they're going to make you relax something that you've been clenched really tight sort of psychologically, but it's probably also going to open something up. And maybe you don't, you have control over what's going to come in. No, they're not good because in the 80s, ecstasy was legal here in Dallas and they were, it was, uh, what is the ecstasy, um, MDMA? Yeah. And it was like pure, so it was like clean or whatever, but they would give it to uh, marriage counseling therapists for married couples that were having relationship issues. So now if you're taking ecstasy a bunch, your brain is probably going to have holes in it. You're going to have suffer from mass depression because the serotonin levels in your brain are going to be messed up. But yeah, there are going to be drugs like, what's the new one? Ketamine? Like, that's yeah, a tranquilizer. And that yes. might, I'm sure, I bet it feel, I bet you feel awesome. After People you swear can. by it. It's like totally legal now for just like pr a prescription for like dealing with like depression or whatever. They'll, they'll just See, write I don't you have any experience with ketamine. Write your prescription for it. I know it's like a festival type drug. So I imagine that that, that long term use of ketamine it might temporarily solve whatever depression and anxiety you're feeling. But I can't imagine taking ketamine for 10 years even xanax or even you know adderall over time like i i get it. these drugs probably they work they're you know they're efficient they might make you feel better but there is a rebounding effect i mean you know every everything we put in our body is going to affect it in some sort of way so there's no like such drug or pill or something we could just take the rest of our lives and it fixes our problems eventually it will start causing problems yeah i think so and i think there are a lot of these sort of and you know i i too will will preface these remarks by saying i'm not bagging on anyone i'm not trying to like disparage anyone but like you know that sort of like joe rogan verse of guys who are like, no, bro, like, I got this, bro. Like, I hate like, the manosphere. I'm sick of the man, and I'm all about man stuff. I do like some of it. I mean, I do, I'm, I get, a, take a cold plunge sometimes, but we're almost becoming like too manosphere, almost too Mr. Fix It. We can't fix everything. I mean, uh, yeah, we they're, should be they're, trying they're, to you know, do it's better. like, I got injections in my ass with a uh, human growth hormone, and like, they're all dialed in, bro. Like, they're, like, they're fixing a classic car or something, and it's like, this is not like a sustainable, like life it's biohacking and my buddy Tim Poole and I'm not trying to name drop I've just become friends with Tim over the last you know two years that's okay but this is your life what this I'm is saying your real life. it's because you not you name drop Joe so yeah. once a week I'm not Monday, my friend but well I'm saying but not my enemy no no but once a week freaking Tim has a person come and they take not 5-HCP but I forget what they take in an IV and it's all because Joe Rogan told him to do it, you know? And so he pays a lot of money, lets his crew get it done. But he's like trying to biohack. He's like, you got it. NAD is maybe what it is. And he's like, you yeah. got to get this. And I'm sure it probably does help. But I'm like, that's not the cure-all for everything. I mean, I don't know. I think the, the cure-all for anxiety and depression, and this is not medical advice one bit, but diet and exercise are like the two most important things. And I struggle with that. Most people probably do. And we all like sweets and we all don't want to exercise. But... Um, if you're not like exercising and trying to eat like not crap that's going to make you depressed, I mean, literally a lot of the crap that we eat will make you depressed. I mean, some of the chemicals in it. So I would say if you're not doing those two things, then no pill or depression medicine or, you know, other thing is going to fix your problems. Agreed. You got to start with what we've been given. I mean, what we have been given is enough. You yes. know, like people have been able to live for low these many years. 
I mean, you, you go into church and you see like old ladies who are able to stand on their feet for two hours and they're fasting and they're doing prostrations and they're like keeping their bodies See, fasting's a good and one. Limiting, right, I mean, this is basic stuff. You would never hear, that's another thing. I'm not saying everybody needs to go and fast, but intermittent fasting is good, we should. It's called break, it's called breakfast because you're breaking your fast. Like, you know, fasting used to be, you know, it's obviously in a lot of religions important, but it used to be, you know, more part of our culture a long time ago. But the idea of fasting is, and I don't necessarily, believe the evolutionary process but maybe but they would say that you'd actually get smarter too when you're fasting because your body when it's in ketosis it starts running on stored fat your brain likes using the stored fat better than other energy sources for your body so you start thinking better but then the evolutionary aspect too is that when the hunters were hunting for their food that they were so hungry they would have to get smarter their body would have to adapt on how to kill these animals with technology with tools because they were so hungry so there is something about eating less and being smarter that I do believe in. The most powerful skill that human beings have used to prevail over the animals, just biologically, is our ability to walk long distances. Why do you say that? What, we well, because like we could we could just stalk big game and like yeah, yeah, yeah. keep going. And these animals could run a lot faster than us, but then they'd be out of gas and they'd be like, oh, they're still coming. So, I mean, even just walking, like you want to increase your... I mean, now now this is becoming like a manosphere show. Well, no, you want to increase well, your, your well, vitality, of, I know, we're talking about you vitality. Like, keep walking. And then this is what I'm going to talk about. Think about all the buffaloes they killed in America. Do you think America would be so different? Or that You ever see those videos where they have all the buffalo skulls yeah. during the Trail you know, of Tears? Just mountains of them, yeah. Just mount, I'm just imagining what the hell that was like them killing i mean i said this earlier i'm not against i have cats and i have dogs i feed them meat so i'm really not like you need to be a vegetarian you probably could eat a little less meat we don't need it for every single meal but um uh my point is i just don't understand how they could do that to animals you know i i'm very you know i love animals so like they kill all those buffaloes they're getting paid all that money i'm like watching those seeing those pictures of all the skulls it gives me anxiety Part of the reason was they wanted to starve out the uh, the American Indians. Indians. Duh, that was just evil. Yeah. Think about that. And then the Trail of Tears, we don't even talk about it. I am, the Redskins, obviously Indians like the Cleveland Indians. Indians like the Redskins. They like being represented. But it's so funny how they're like, oh, we got to change the name of the Redskins because that's insensitive. Yet everything else they did was much more sensitive, like killing Indians, like robbing them of their food. Yet now you want to say because a football team is called the Redskins? Now we're being insensitive? It's like, come on. We literally yeah. killed them for just being here. Yeah. And then, uh, and then the booze. Yeah, the booze, yeah. that's a bad thing. The Indians are drinking a lot, but at least they got those casinos. But you can't win at an Indian casino. You got to go to like Vegas or something. I mean. Have you, have you tried to win in an Indian casino? I've tried to win in every casino in the, in the continental United States. No, I, I've, I, I'm not a big gambler, but like, yeah, I've gambled. Better off with the lawsuits. Probably. Better off of the Better lawsuits. Odds. But it's always fun to put like a hundred bucks in like a slot machine and play it for, you know, like an hour. You've never done that? Yeah. Uh, slots, no. I'm like, you never see, I didn't ever play the slots. I didn't ever play the slots. But then I sort of following this guy on YouTube. And that's why these casinos really should be pumping up these content creators. There's so many. There's a whole sector of internet content. These people get tons of views. Well, they just like live stream themselves playing slot machines. They'll go to like high limit ones and snap, but they get like millions yeah. of followers. Yeah. And so I met one of the guys in Vegas. And so this is what he did. He's like, Alex, I want to make a video with you. We both put $500 in what is called the top dollar slot machine. And if the bonus on it, it's called top dollar. And then you can, it, it's like this really cool thing. And then the balls and it picks a dollar cash amount. Like you're guaranteed to win something if you get the bonus. He's like, let's let's put 500 bucks in. We both been, we both put it in within like four spins. I hit it. We won like 2,500 bucks. And I'm like, oh shit, you can win these. These guys post these wins all the time. Slot machines are very stupid, but... It was so entertaining. So that's what you're paying for. Like, I think that's almost more fun to put a hundred bucks in and play for a little bit now. So I didn't, I would never play a slot machine 
I would have never played a slot machine until I watched hours of contents of guys hitting jackpots. And now that I've hit a jackpot, you want more. I want more. I've only seen one guy hit multiple slot machine jackpots, Mm -hmm. and he was a coke addict in a green felt Gucci jumpsuit. And he was playing slot machines. Well, he'd just like walk around and he'd be like, that one. And he'd like put the money in, and just like, it was really. Well, I was just in Vegas, and and this girl and I, like, I would put in 100 bucks, and we'd play. Like, sometimes it would go up, it would go to 300 bucks. I think we. I think we put in like 400 bucks and, uh, you know, I think we left like 200. So we only lost 200, but we gambled for like hours. So I'm not saying to do it. It's very stupid. We played blackjack. We played roulette. I don't think gambling's smart, even though mybookie.ag is one of our <laughs> sponsors. So go to there. Um, but this is also like the psychosis of the internet that has emerged over the past couple of years. It's how like everything is sort of converging on like gambling. Yeah. I mean, like, this goes back to, like, Candy Crush Sports and, like, some now. of those early games. It's just, like, you know, you've got this sea of people who are, like, casual users, and then you've got this upper crust of, like, Saudi princes and, like... Well, that's totally different. You know, but, but and they're putting in so much money into these games because they want that, like, that addictive fix of gambling. Everybody wants it because this is why, and like I said, I'm not, I'm not a big gambler, but now it's with these kids, and I don't even game, but all the gamers, they do things, and I forget which game. It's either Call of Duty, and it's FIFA, all these different games that have the thing where, like... You win certain amount of points, it puts you in like different levels and you can like, something will spin and you'll be like, you'll win like a shield. Yeah, and, you and want call, that prize box. Yeah, or you. you'll win like this. And so that is a form of gambling because you can buy credits to get. There's also like a secondary market for those like items. Different in the kinds of, right, different kinds of weapons, <laughs> like PUBG or whatever. And they're sort of randomly generated, but they're sort of not. And you're like, I got the knife and it's got extra blue on it. So it's worth a hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, right. And you can sell on the secondary market, but people are going into accounts like hacking out. I saw a kid went viral because he was in his like school and class. It was like an elementary school and he got like some blue knife and all the kids were like, that's worth a hundred thousand dollars. So imagine being a kid and all of a sudden you're playing some video game and (laughs) you have something worth a hundred thousand dollars. Your parents were like, give me that. My dad would give me that money right now. Right. That's what my dad, if I was in elementary school. Well, parents do that to child stars and we see like the wreckage of just like what child stars have become today. That's like a huge like meme now. And I think there's like a little uh, conspiracy to that too. I mean, obviously the parents like using their kids because you got to be really hard. It's really hard to take a kid to an audition and the kid not get it like you have to have a kid that's either really wants to do it or it's just like really brainwashed by their parents but that is how you make it in acting acting you have to start young you have to start because like the people that go to college and act in theater yeah there's some people that break out from that but like the main way to break into hollywood is to be like a five-year-old literally because they need kids because that's when i moved to la after i graduated yeah, from you spent a couple years out there right and i didn't have any gigs well, I didn't have a gig when I was going out there, but my buddy's like, you should go to Central Casting and sign up. And that's the number one extras casting company in arguably the world. I mean, they're in, based in LA and New York, the main casting places. But um, all of a sudden I looked young. So I was 18 to look younger. So I was working every day on different movie sets. And I would learn that there because the kids have all these requirements. They want to use adults that look like kids, but kids are like so important in Hollywood. So if you do take your kid to that lifestyle, you're selling your kid to the beast. That's why they want the kid. And I'm not talking the conspiracy thing. It's just like your kid's on a set with adult people. There's adult requirements. Even if they have a tutor on set, it's an adult environment, right? So you're taking away that childhood. That's why like Michael Jackson had Arrested Development because he never got to have that childhood. So it's probably not beneficial. And the child stars and their parents take the money. Probably a lot of those parents, I'm guessing, you know, probably took the money thinking like, oh, I'll save it, this and that. And 
you know, yeah, you know how right. that goes. Yeah, that's it. I'll and in their head, well, in their head, College they're like, education. I spit it on you too. It's hard because <laughs> I just know I love my mom. RIP, my miss my mom. But if I was a child star making millions of dollars, my mom would have taken some of that money. And I, I mean, that just my dad would too. I mean, that's I think that's almost a natural parent. It's got to be tough to resist. Like they're working too. You know, they're like driving exactly the kid back right. and forth, and, and like come on, encouraging them. And, and they shouldn't like rip them off. Like I think Gary Coleman got ripped off. All these guys, yeah. Macaulay Culkin, they get ripped off. That's terrible, but. These parents are working too, so they probably feel entitled to it. And they're like, my dumb kid's a millionaire? Like, how? Yeah. I mean. Yeah. Or they become like the manager. And then that's like a whole extra worse. level of like creepiness where like they're on set and like maybe something sketch is going on. Maybe they Look see at it, Chris Jenner it puts out her daughter's porn tape. I mean, she's like shopping around Kim Kardashian. Proof of like demonic presence on planet Earth is just like that family. Imagine being like Christian and be like, "Well, um, is this vivid video? My daughter's porn tape. I want you to release it." I mean, that's so dark. Yeah, and you're a millionaire already. You got to do the porn tape in order to wind up with like the makeup contract, like ten years down the line. And then her young daughter is a billionaire, but then she tweeted support of Israel and immediately had to take it down. I think that was. That was which Jenner. Meanwhile, uh, you have the porn stars like supporting Hamas. Mia Khalifa. And like you're done. It's so we're so backwards. Everybody. This is not like a functional civilization. Like this can't go on much longer, right? Yeah, but dude, we our lives are short, right? So let's do. Let's say we live to eighty. I mean, then we're gone, and then the next person. I mean, it's. I don't know if we're here long enough to even make change, even to tell the next generation, hey, this is like this, because our history is so fake. I mean, whatever they tell us about the history, and it's what is our his story, because we don't even know. Because our aunt, we don't have nobody that hardly knows our great 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 grandparents. Like we just don't know. So it's Especially easy. Now. And so that's why history always repeats itself because. We just don't remember the mistakes we made just 100 years ago, 80 yeah. years ago. Well, I mean, I mean maybe well, you know, maybe it's like Ebola, where it just like burns out so fast. Maybe in a couple of generations, people are just going to be like, "Oh yeah, like I found my my grandpa's smartphone. Like I'm not going to touch that shit. Like keep that." Away oh yeah, maybe I found like yeah, like right. some Peter McCullough book or something. Right. Yeah, I mean, we just live in a weird society where it's hard to find personal happiness, and that's why I think. Uh, um, Diet and exercise, not trying to harp on that. Like, just control the things you can't control. Yeah. Well, you left L.A. Like, that's the first step, right, is to, like, leave Los Angeles. Well, yeah, and I had a really successful, I mean, not really successful. Not. I mean, I booked, like, a, I got, like, a Jack in the Box commercial. I got, like, nice. a T-Mobile commercial while I was there, and that, like, helped just sustain me. But Were that, you, like, in the bikini at the car wash, just, like, eating the Jack in the Box? No, the Jack in the Box, it was for, gosh, what was the burger? It was, like, their All-American combo or something, I think was what it was called. And I was just, like, eating the burger, like... It's pretty cool. I you have good teeth. You got no, teeth no, for television. I mean, I mean, I always looked young. I looked like a kid. And then I got on a bunch of shows and stuff. But then I got on this one show called The Glass House. And it's a reality show that's kind of a carbon copy of Big Brother where you live in the house and they watch you, you know, 24 hours. And then, like, you vote each other off. But on the different spin is this guy is Kenny Rosen, I think was the producer's name. God, yeah, it was Kenny Rosen. He was an old Big Brother producer. But what's different is that the players could communicate with the audience. Like I could ask them a question like, is right. is Sarah, you know, scheming me? And then it would play the right. answer to the whole crew. So everybody like knew what they said. And I asked them, I walked into that house the first week and was like, should I be the biggest villain in reality TV history? And it was like, 95% yes. People are just like breaking the button. Breaking the button yes. to say yes. And right. so, I, so I immediately started being like, you're a whore from Playboy. And this is in 2012. And I'm like, you know, you're this, you're that, you're gay, you're blah. And uh, I get kicked out the next week. And I was really butthurt because before I did that, and I did it wrong, but Kenny, the producers, they would talk to you in the confessional. And, like they wouldn't 
I'm sure like later on, actually, I never heard from the players. Like they wouldn't like help you cheat, but they'd be like, oh, they were like gasping. Like, Alex, if you're the villain, you're going to stay on. Like America will keep you. Like you need to yeah. be a villain. But I wasn't a cunning villain. I, I, did, cause I didn't watch enough reality TV. Now looking back, the, the greatest reality TV villains you watch, like they were, they weren't just being like, they were being, you know, cunning and cool. I, I just didn't really know what the dictionary definition of a villain was. And that's really on me for not doing my research. I thought they just like wanted a menace. Like I was just like cause I was like puck from the real world or something. You know right. what I mean? Do you remember yes. that? I was just like we are now officially old because we're talking about puck from the real world. Exactly. So people are not going to get that reference. But he just went into the real <clears throat> look world. Look it up. Yeah, look at puck. But I was acting more like puck and not like uh, you know Johnny Fairplay from Survivors. That's the only guy I can think of. Off the, he's lying. Do you have like favorite like internet villains right now? Like Martin Shkreli or like who's I who like Martin actually. Uh, uh, he's pretty nice on Twitter. Who's like the biggest villain on Twitter? I mean, that Dylan Dennis and Logan Paul stuff was pretty, he was probably the biggest villain for the past, yeah, you know, however. Well, Shkreli just had a, a, an AI tweet where he's like, like, no, we will not stop. I'm building a cult. We're going to like take over the world. You can't stop us. Like, nah. So he seems to be like rediscovering. Oh yeah. He's, I think he's edge. catching, yeah, he's catching his yeah. footing again. And he's just, was very successful for a young age. Yeah. So he's, he's a pretty sharp kid. And I think he probably like, you know, what did he he got in trouble because he raised the price of insulin i think right yeah which yeah. is terrible but all the other companies did it insulin in mexico is ten dollars and it's two hundred dollars here i know in it, america it, so. it's like when when does autism like shade over into villainy where you're like well you know like microsoft excel told me that if i just like yes yeah, seven more dollars per per right. like, why would i not do this yeah. like this is microsoft telling me to do this yeah if we and, then, and then you go to jail so I don't know with with uh, villains on the internet. The biggest one, probably the biggest villain right now, is the villain I like the least is Dan Crenshaw. I think he's kind of a villain right now. Yeah, he's just like yeah. has the eye patch. Right, he reminds you of the Dr. villain. Evil. He's like pretending to be the hero. Exactly, like, that's right. the ultimate villain. And he like loves war. He's the vet. And that's what that's what makes it bad because he's the vet and he lost his eye, so he has a grudge. Right, yeah. he's always gonna. He, Dan will always. And I've had a lot of interactions with Dan, and he hates me. And I, I don't want to sit here. Like, a, like the villain he is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But Dan has this hero's complex. And maybe he was in war. I'll, I'll, if you fought in war, you're a hero, even though I'm anti-war. But uh, like I'll give him, like, you know, oh, that's hard to do. That's a hero. But, but because he's lost his eye, he feels like America owes him something. That's why, like, he trades stock so well. That's why when he interacts with people, there's just some reporter he just tried to trip. Like, he has this weird thing. And I think it's because he lost his eye where it's – it's like a disabled person. Sometimes people, I remember in school, cause like the. I, I worked as a peer tutor, and sometimes people were like, I don't want to be a peer tutor because the disabled kids are mean. But they like kind of have to be mean because their life's harder, and so they get this kind of grudge. So losing your eye, it probably did kind of weaponize him a little bit, even if it's just minor, and it's kind of turned him against. Like I lost my eye. Like this country owes me. Who cares if I take a million dollars in illegal stock trades, or who cares if I send more weapons to Ukraine? Like those other guys should die. I lost my eye. Who cares if they die? That's on them. You think that patch is just one day gonna be like and, and then open up right and then the laser comes out <laughs> maybe but I, they say he might run for governor that'll make me sick I don't yeah know. well i mean i really appreciate uh it's not hate i just want to be clear it's it's not it's not anti dan crenshaw animus but yeah. i think i think yes i think there is something going on there that is that, that merits some criticism well it just anybody that likes war that much i mean all the people even right now and maybe i'll get flack for this too like we should just nuke Gaza. And I'm like, all those stray cats and stray dogs are going to die. I just don't want anybody to get nuked. I don't know why as human beings we can't come to an agreement not to kill each other. Like, 
Why can't we just agree to disagree? And I know that'll never happen. We'll never agree to disagree. But I don't understand how that is so hard as human beings, even this Russian-Ukrainian conflict, uh, you know, conflict. Just let the Donbass region be autonomous or you can choose to be Russian or Ukrainian. I mean, we're fighting over bullcrap. I mean, now we're... This is, this is the Donald Trump position, the stated, you know, within 10 minutes, it wouldn't, the war would be over, we'd yeah. make a deal, and you can laugh at it and everything, but is that the wrong place to begin when thinking about these things? Like, maybe not. <sighs> I mean, in this Israel-Palestine conflict, I'm really, I mean, I'm not going to just start crying and sweating bullets like I've seen a lot of people, but there are going to be a ton of people that die that, I mean, that's probably... You know, a fair feeling if you had that. But my point is, like, I just don't even want to start watching what's going to happen. We're going to send weapons. People are going to die. And it's going to be like, I guess what I'm trying to say is Twitter has become like a snuff film place. Yes. And I think that's only going to get worse is my point. Yeah. And I'm like, what the hell? You can't even look at Twitter without being like crying. I just don't even want to see it. So. Well, and like you must post about this. You yeah. must get on Instagram. But that's always you been. You must like weigh in on this issue. Even since the ice bucket challenge. Like if you didn't yeah. do the thing, you're not. Uh, well, you know. but the stakes are rising. And especially like in a time of war with like a weak government that's like, you know, trying to trying to, to uh, force people to demonstrate their loyalty to the regime. Like it's going to get really intense and just the pro like the, the spectacle of like governments more or less increasingly just like forcing people to log on and to like post whether it's the black square or like the rainbow fist or like whatever it is like every day like how many minutes out of your day do you have to spend just like performing the the act of ultimate loyalty that the regime demands of you well, I mean, that's, what is it, 1984, George Orwell, like in the, you know, in the book and the movie, they're like cheering for this tyranny. You're, you're going to have to. You're going to have yeah. to, if they're cheerleader for it, they'll think you're against it. So, so you like have to post about it just to show that you're not against it. Well, there is a better way. I do have hope that we're going to find that better way, even if it takes a minute or so. Alex, thank you for coming on. That is, is that an hour? That is an hour. We burned wow. right through it. I know. We, we, uh, we should do this again. We should. Yeah. It's, it's fun, almost. It is. Uh, as for now, that's literally all the time we've got. So if you would like more content just like this, please do go to Blaze TV. Do subscribe. Do get all the zero hour and prime time that you want, which has got to be a lot. If you're on YouTube, like, subscribe, comment, so Glenn Beck doesn't fire either of us. No. Until next time, I'm James Paulus. This is Zero Hour, and may God have mercy on us all. <laughs>